episode 114 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. And girls just want to have fun, and they came back to the podcast. So we have two of them today. We have Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And Brittany Mullins. Hola. And we missed you ladies last week. We, we were a female-free zone. I, I, I heard that. Yeah. Did you listen back to the episode yet? I listened to part of it. I didn't get did, to Did you all get of it. to the stat of the week section yet? I did not get to the stat of the week mm. section. We got a surprise for you then in this episode because and I know you loved singing the stat of the week jingle. Yeah. But Pete, Pete's decided that he's got a uh, a different sound that he'd like to play when we do stat of the week moving Oh. Forward. Yeah. Okay. It's Does that mean we also have a new news jingle? Nope. That one oh. is staying okay. forever the same unless right. a listener wants to actually produce one for us. Oh, that'd be yeah. fantastic. That would be really good. I'm surely someone out there <laughs> listening has some musical chops that they could I just hope they're vested enough in our shenanigans and tomfoolery to want to join in. <laughs> There's only that, occasional you know, tomfoolery. That's what my husband does. I can get what, him What, shenanigans and tomfoolery? No. He makes, like, he can compose music and stuff. He does music? <gasps> yeah. He puts together, like, he does, like, I think I, I'm saying right, folly? Yes. Follies? Yeah, he does folly work, and he does, he composes music for stuff like huh. YouTubers. Foley. Foley. Huh. Yeah, Foley. He does Foley sounds. Foley. Yeah. So, like, when you're watching a movie and you hear footsteps, yeah. like, yeah. people actually yeah. make the footsteps. That's what your husband Or, does? like, in, ga- in game, I mean, that's what he went to school for. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Have him do a jingle. Oh, well. All right, listeners, you're off the hook. Yep. <laughs> well, cool. Well, now we've established that. Let's talk a little bit about what the episode is going to be about. Do you want to introduce it, uh, Melissa, as soon as it's your episode? Yeah. So uh, CMO.com, which is an Adobe asset, produced a piece that is 15 mind-blowing stats about digital trends in travel and hospitality. You gotta, when you say mind-blowing, I think you've got to do the sound effect. That was like a double blow right there in your mind. I need to do 15 of them, yeah. I think. There you go. We, we have 15 mind-blowing um, stats. So these are their stats, and these are all taken from various studies around the globe. And doing this was sort of like an inception study stat thing because Adobe did their thing, and then you look at the study, and then the study would quote other studies. So I was in all the studies. That's awesome. And that's a prelude to our study that's coming out next week. Yes. Wow. How about that? That's super meta. But before we get into the stats of the week, Pete, before we get into the stats of the week. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Was that the same one as last week? I don't think it was. That was completely different. (laughs) It was. what? What's the point of having a jingle if it's not uh, different every that's week? That's not a jingle. <laughs> no, it's like it's like a robot with beep boop boop. boop. No, last week's was way better. Yeah. You're gonna have to find that one again. Yeah. All right. Why didn't you save it? Because I thought it was a one-time thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, we've already you lost all know our better than We've already that. lost all of our listener. <laughs> oh, oh. As soon as no one else is listening, let's jump into the newsaroos, shall we, Pete? Yeah. So. Uh, oh, whoa. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news You completely changed the melody that time. That's crazy. I think 
throw it out there. This is just off the rails, this episode. <laughs> it really is. I'm on vacation next week, so. He's already in vacation mode. Yeah. Okay. How about that? So, anyway. All right, so what is going on in the newsers? All right, so the first one that we have is from New York Times. It's entitled, Have App Will Travel, like a local, hopefully. What this is all about is the real surge in travelers booking experiences and entertainment, just things to do on vacation on apps, specifically how Airbnb's experiences have really blown up in late 2018 going into 2019, where more and more people are bypassing the hotel's concierge and just booking their experiences while on vacation outside. And I, I thought this was really interesting because it does give you customers a nice way of really seeing what's available in the area. I don't know if anybody's ever used Airbnb experiences, but it really does offer something incredibly unique that connects a traveler to the destination beyond the corporate, you know, plug and play type experiences. Yeah. And other people are trying to get into this space too. You know, TripAdvisor really doubling down on the experience side and trying to Google. Obviously we talked a couple of weeks ago about Google trips and how they brought a lot of the functionality from the trips app into the web page, the actual search engine results mm -hmm. now, but they seem to be investing a lot in that trips app. So apps is where it's at, man. I really yeah. think that that's people, especially when they're mobile, they, they're out and about, they're not in front of a computer at home. They want quick accessibility and they want it to remember mm -hmm. all their settings and do all the things that apps do really well and websites don't do particularly well. And it's a, a little cumbersome because you got to go back to a URL and, and all that mm -hmm. good stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely think apps in terms of trip planning and trip experiencing is is where it's happening. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing that growth. We're seeing it, you know, internally with our own app. Yeah. But beyond that, it, it's going to be a growing segment. So if, if you don't have one, look into it. And if you haven't partnered with people in your area who offer experiences, that's a great thing to bring to your guests as a, a service to help, you know, bring together the best of your area into your hotel. Yeah, and in our app, we look at the data a lot, and, and the, the average person will open the app 11 and a half times during their stay. And it's not just the hotel-specific stuff they're doing. It's, you know, looking at local restaurants and attractions and things like that. If, if that content exists in the app, people are opening it more. So this, we see that correlation in our own data. All right. Uh, next up in the news of Ruse is from Search Engine Land, and Google is messing with us again. Would you believe it? Shock car, mind blown. Google <laughs> is making some changes, and it's in their mobile results page in that it's getting harder and harder to distinguish paid and natural search listings at this point. So they're taking away the little green ad icon that used to be next to paid ads and it's now black and it's in a different spot which makes it harder to see but they are giving natural search a little boost with favicons next to your listing which is really interesting to see and then you'll have to go through and figure out how to get that to show but that's okay figure that out just uh good luck as a consumer trying to figure out what's paid and what's natural at this point as if they were already not confused enough to begin with yeah I really don't like this. It goes against what Google preaches to everyone else, you know? And, and it's not the first time Google's done that where they're like, do as I say, not as I do. But mm. th this 
it's really frustrating. I, th- I think there should be a clear delineation between these that is very obvious. Because otherwise you're dece- you're being deceptive, right? I agree. It, yeah. It's, it's I think consumers are already confused. I mean, I can attest to the fact that I sat with my dad and his friend this weekend talking about search engines because that's what I do in my spare time. And they're like, did you know that I think you can pay to get to the top of Google? <laughs> I said, you were talking about two different things. And I had to go explain, like, oh, if you look at the top three things, those yeah. people have paid to be there. So yeah. I think it's even worse And now. if you read the Google guidelines, they will penalize you if you have ads above the fold that aren't clearly marked as advertising. And yet. I want to penalize Google right now. You're officially on notice, Google. You've Are been, we going to just pull all of our advertising? You've been penalized. No, there's, <laughs> there's absolutely no repercussions in a meaningful way for Google. I just, they know. They know. They know, and that is going to... We are angry. That is going to burn their buttons. It is mm. going to burn their buttons. Yeah. But I, th- I think, you know, there's a lesson to be learned here in terms of how you approach your consumer and doing things that are ethically correct, and, and but also in the interest of the consumer. I don't think this is in the interest of the consumer, and that, that's where I really have a problem with it. Uh, I do like the fact that the Fabicons are going to be showing up. I think people, I think that's neat. people are going to be able to have some creative fun with that. You know, they're not that large, and if people don't know what that is, it's typically what shows up in the address bar, or historically has is a, a little kind of ten, icon. I don't know. It's an icon that's tiny, like five or ten pixels. Sixteen by sixteen. Is that what it is? Uh, sixteen by sixteen. So usually it's a logo or a watermark <laughs> of the logo or something like that, and so. To, to get that to show up, you literally just have to create um, the the file on the web server and it'll get mm-hmm. picked up. So, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It would be interesting to see. And it, Google's testing. We did an episode last week on SEO and we talked about how Google's testing not just the algorithm but the SERP all the time. This is just going to be another one of those tests that I'm sure will, you know, parts of it will remain permanent and parts of it probably won't. We'll see. But Google's on notice. Hear us now, Google. We are on the warpath. That's right. So is that it? That's it for the news ruse? That ruse? is the ruse. Awesome. So let's jump into the stats of the week. So tell us again of the title, Melissa. 15 mind-blowing <laughs> stats about digital trends in travel and hospitality. Yeah. I have not read these, full disclosure, because I want to see if my mind blows or not. It could get messy in here. There were a few of these <laughs> stats where my mind was blown in the wrong in way word instead <laughs> of outward yeah. yeah it imploded because i well we'll see yeah all right have you have you seen all these Brittany? i haven't actually all right pete i actually i prepared for the podcast i didn't realize that <laughs> we were ringing this one what witchcraft do you talk of <laughs> preparing for yeah. the podcast we've been doing this for a hundred and this is a hundred and fourteenth episode why would you stop preparing you just now? strive every day to be better that's true so 114 <laughs> so is better you, than 113 yeah. You and Brittany get one demerit. No, uh, we're, we're I, we wanted to test to see if they yeah. were really mind-blowing. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this for the audience, shock, man. Shock Is that what Google says when they use the black ad? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're doing it for the audience, man. Got it. Yeah. We're so all in, about the listeners. Instead of just blatantly copying and pasting everything from the CMO 
Outlook.com article, I rearranged them in some logical order. <laughs> Makes it slightly less plagiarism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Hey, we, we've credited them. They're, they're linked out to it. It's fine. Well, it's it's the insights that we provide to their bulleted list. Well, yeah, and, and, yeah, and to be fair, their content was just linking to other people's yes, content. Yes, so now it's, we're linking to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all, it's all good. So we've organized this, in my mind, in the way of planning a trip. So where these stats fall in the planning slash trip process so stat number one. One, 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 one. hey do you want pete to do his stat of the week jingle for no. each one no i do not <laughs> if it was last week's one i would be i would say yes but the new one is terrible so. i i'm gonna have to listen to last week's and see how That's i feel awesome. about it <laughs> okay that's better that's the original that's the one better. Better. okay i can i can get I, on board I, I with favorited that one. this video on youtube so we're good to go. Awesome. That's great. All right. Uh, you know one. what? We should put that link in the show notes so if people want to listen to it on their own time. That's <laughs> true. You can listen to it on a loop. Yeah. Fantastic. It'll uh, be more interesting than where this podcast has been going so far. <laughs> I'm thoroughly <laughs> entertained. Yeah. I don't know about you. Number one. One, 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 one. In 2018, digital travel sales worldwide increased just over 10% to almost $700 billion, with B dollars. And that is from an e-marketer source. Now, what I was interested in about this is that the study does not cite how this compares to offline sales. Right. Is it taking share from offline sales? Right. It doesn't, the study doesn't say. Yeah. And it's also global. I think that's important to remember as well. Yes, it's worldwide. You know, so when, when you look at it from the U.S. perspective versus other areas, in the e-marketer article where this comes from, Digital sales in China increased almost 21%. So they've seen a bigger. We're, we're starting to see more of a, a global aspect of you know greater areas of the United of the world adopting. Right. Yeah, and that as technology. as the middle class in you know those kind of areas, you look at India too as another one. Yeah. begins to increase and mature. I think you're going to see more consumerism and more online purchasing in general. For sure. mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll be honest, my, my mind's not blown yet, Melissa. Hey. That's an interesting stat. I, think I didn't come up with the title nor the stats, so take it up with Adobe. Okay. Uh, do and I need to put right Adobe on, on notice as well? Yes. All right. Number two. 48% of U.S. smartphone users are comfortable researching, booking, and planning their entire trip to a new destination using only a mobile device. And this comes from TrekSoft as the source i'm again saying this feels a little low to me well i think the word that we have to focus on here is only yeah yeah so and it's the entire process and a new destination yeah sneak sneak peek at our upcoming travel study we asked a lot of mobile related questions and, and one of the things we ask each year is which device did you use at different phases so to to research to book during the stay and then post stay as well and uh, we see obviously mobile continues to increase but to Pete's point we do see a lot of people using multiple devices right that that seems to be more normal mm -hmm. at, during the research pro process and we also saw even if someone was using mobile to research there's still a lot of people will jump over to desktop to then book so yeah I, I mean it's almost half but I, I think that number will probably be above half next year if they did the same surveyed the same people i would predict the same thing as you yeah yeah 
I think, I mean, we're heading towards, you know, we, we've talked on the show before about the three tipping points from a hotel perspective being traffic, which hopefully everyone listening to this has hit that first tra- tipping point. If not, there's maybe that there's some, there's some fringe cases like super high end properties, things like that. But for the most part, I think everyone that I've come across recently has hit that first tipping point. Second being bookings. And we're, we're seeing dozens of properties on our booking engine now that have hit that, that second tipping point where more bookings are coming from mobile than they're coming from desktop. And we're beginning to see the, the signs of the third. We've got a couple of properties that have hit where more revenue is coming right. in on, on mobile than desktop. So that trend is, is going to continue. It, it will probably meet reach some kind of saturation point for a while, I think, because there's certainly older demographics that are, are going to prefer for a variety of reasons, you know, screen size, comfort level, are gonna prefer desktop still, but but I think it's gonna be where the vast majority of all research and booking is gonna be mobile within the next five years. Definitely as it becomes more and more like, um, m- like when websites are more mobile friendly, it's so much easier to just do it all. Yeah, for sure. Hell. But that, that's the key, right? Part of, part of it is that the industry is holding back the consumer the consumer wants to do these things right but they're they're not necessarily able to some of the questions we asked in the study related to to mobile apps specifically were would you like to book on a mobile app if your hotel offered it would you like to use your mobile app to open the door would you like to use your mobile app to purchase additional services and it was across the board uh it was around two-thirds of people were saying yes i would want to do that you know, but there's a big caveat if it's easy for me, if it's right. convenient for me. But then if we look at the younger demographic, if we looked at it as under 35 year olds, that was like 80% of people said they want to do it. So as, as you know, the boomers and other generations age out and these, you know, millennials and below become more of the majority, then I, I think it's going to be vastly majority of people are going to be using mobile for everything. And on that note, we get to number three. 82% of travel bookings in 2018 were completed via a website or mobile app without any human interaction. What percentage? 82%. You know what? That's high, man. That's really it's high. It's really high. But here's what's even more interesting. So that was the stat that was in the Adobe article. When I looked at the study directly, there's a part B, which is just 51% of revenue was generated with no human interaction. So that discrepancy is fascinating to me. Which yeah, would but it into, makes sense though, right? Because theoretically, if you're booking maybe a more expensive trip, you want, you want There's more talk. clarity needed, yes. you know, you're, it's a longer stay. You know, I, I, I can see that. If I was booking a week long vacation, I might want to talk to someone, but if I'm driving to, to a destination and need to stop off, overnight i'm just going to pull out an app and, and book it you know that happened to me this past weekend i ended up booking a hotel last minute and did it all online didn't talk to anyone yeah and i was literally driving to the hotel on the way as, as I, I wasn't driving my wife was but we booked it on the way to the hotel so yeah that makes sense one night stays are going to be booked online right. but there's also a lot of non-hotel travel bookings that take place for sure yeah i mean when was the last time you called an airline? Yeah. You know, to book flights. When you know, there's a lot of things that think probably go into that number that inflate it. When we think, you know, in terms of hotels, 
that number's probably sure. smaller. Was it, it was travel, online travel? <laughs> it says that was travel just, bookings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly right. That might be why it's so high. Yeah. Um, because cause I do, don't we don't see hotel clients that have 80% of their bookings coming No. Online. No, I mean, we're typically still seeing like 50-50. Yeah. In I mean, in the resort destinations, too. you know, older demographics, definitely it's closer to 50-50. I mm-hmm. mean, we see some more metropolitan that skew a little more online, but yeah, it's... That's Definitely so surprising to me because I guess as a under 35 year old, I just don't want to talk to anybody. Like yeah. I have booked a week long vacation somewhere without ever speaking to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, yeah, those under 35s, your magical generation are definitely changing the trends for sure. Yeah. And, and don't want to interact with So people. that's why I was just surprised. I'm surprised that some people still do want that interaction. Yeah. You guys are too tethered to your devices, <laughs> dehumanized. All no, I think we're just more efficient because we don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me there. <laughs> all right, stat number four. Three, four, four, seven, four, four, four. We meant to skip four. Always skip. Always four skip and come four. Back. Yeah. Search plays a big role early on in the travel booking journey. In 2018, 31% of accommodation searches started on a search engine, up from 23% in 2017. Uh, this this uh, number's this wrong. This doesn't make sense this to me whatsoever. very wrong. Yeah, we, we asked the question in our study about... Uh, where do you begin? And then we asked, what's the most influential channel? And we, you know, it was the search engines, OTAs, and we listed out what an OTA was and um, review sites like TripAdvisor, the hotel website, overwhelmingly. And I forget the stat. Do you remember, Brittany? Yeah, I can it, pull it up. It was, was it like high. 80-something? I, I yeah, want to say it was like 80% of people start on a search engine. Right. This seems so backwards to me. I don't... Because think about it, right? Even if... You go into Expedia. There's a large percentage of people that will go to Google and type in Expedia and then click on Expedia.com. Right. right? There's still th- those people exist out there. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, even even if most people don't even start there, they're gonna go and say hotels in Austin or whatever it is. Sure. That's what a lot of people do. Yeah, I that th- that was my imploding. Seems really stat. low to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then part B of that, and this came directly from the study, is says that the travel shopping journeys that did begin with a search engine led to purchases more quickly than those that began on the sites of suppliers and intermediaries. Yeah. So if you start on a search engine, you're more likely to book See, that's quickly. counterintuitive, right? Because you would think if, if you start you on a search engine, you might go to multiple intermediaries versus... Right. You start on Expedia, you're getting all the information you want right there. Maybe. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. I Like I said, these are not my stats. I didn't make them up. That's the great thing about stats. People can just throw out whatever they want. And <laughs> the internet says it's tell true, their story, so it must right? be true. Who, who put that one? Who this stat is was McKinsey, that? which is Oh, wow. So pretty, that's legit, right? Yeah. It's not some, like, fuel hotel no. marketing <laughs> <No>. podcast <laughs> shenanigans. No, it's from McKinsey. Wow. Huh. We're going to have to put them on notice. All right, put them We're on, putting oh, everybody put, on notice today. Put them on notice with Google and Adobe. All right, number five. 69% of travelers said they have used voice search while planning a trip. What do you think about what that? What percentage? 69%. I, that shenanigans, too. I feel like they got those two num- those ones. This is from <laughs> a different source. This is from Travelport. 
Okay, so I keep referring to our study. We, we need to do our episode on our study data. But Apparently. We kind of already... We better put ourselves on everyone. notice. Yeah. <laughs> so we asked people how many own a smart speaker, right? Like a Amazon Echo, Google Home. And it was only about 30-something percent of people, 38%, I want to say it was, of people own a smart speaker, right? Okay, that's that's one set. But then we asked how many people use Siri or okay google on their phone the virtual assistant and it was 50 something percent it wasn't that high of a percentage i think it was lower i think it was like 31 percent. okay yeah it was 50 something percent maybe for the under 35s is that what it was oh no wait you're right i was looking at the wrong thing it is 53 percent yeah yeah so about half of people and 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 you younger efficient people definitely use it more than the older people like us but it's still i don't know does everyone that's used voice on their phone use it to search for that? I, I don't... seems high. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what I love about these kind of episodes? It's like, if it's a stat we agree with, they're like, that's <coughs> spot on, you guys. Otherwise, you know, that's just yeah. wrong. Everyone else are like, shenanigans. <laughs> that's just wrong. Yeah. The wrong kind of shenanigans. Yeah. But I, I See, think... See, it's a mind-blowing stat then. It, it is. <laughs> I think if, if it's accurate, and I... I you know, we have we're not getting into how these, you know, stats were collected, if it's right. self-reported or, or what, right? So there, there's a lot of margin of deviation. I think though, with this particular stat, it, it's an indicator that voice is emerging, right? And sure. and I don't think it's the majority yet. I just I don't think it is. Um, one of the questions we did ask was about the utilization of voice. Like, what are people actually doing when they use their voice mm-hmm. on their phones or on their smart speakers? And it's mostly utility stuff. It's, yeah. it's setting timers and reminders yeah. and consuming media like music. Uh, but you do see on the on the phone side, people are using it to find information about local businesses in driving directions and things like that. So I think voice is important. But uh, there, there was a question we asked about, do you want to book your hotel with voice in the future? And it was low. It was in the 30-something percents. Yeah. Yeah, I think we said it was like 68 saying they wouldn't want a smart speaker in their room. And then I think I might have read that wrong. But then. No, that's right. It was the yeah. vast majority of people do not yeah. want a smart speaker they in don't their want room. It. And then a lot of people wouldn't book a hotel on a smart speaker either. Right. So. But that goes to how people use want to use the device. So I want to use my voice search devices on my own terms. I don't necessarily want to use your search your voice search system in your hotel room because i don't have control over that right you know i know if i ask you know i'm going on vacation next week alexa what's the weather where i'm going i'm fine with that that's using voice search mm-hmm. and planning my trip but i don't know that i would go to a hotel and say you know do this or that because it's not it's not mine if that yeah, makes sense yeah it <clears throat> and it's in its infancy and there's complexities to the nuance of it. So if you go, if you have an Alexa at home and you're using it for smart home devices, you've set up specific lights and speakers or whatever throughout your house, and you know what it is, you know the commands, and that's fine. I can go into my house and say, um, Alexa, turn on living room lights, and I know specifically which lights it turns on. It turns on three in my living room and one in the hallway right next to my Right, that's because I configured it. But if I go into a hotel room and I say turn on lights, is it going to turn on all lights? Is it going to turn on the lamp in the corner? Mm-hmm. I probably don't want all the lights on, and then I got to go around and switch them off manually. So it, it does create some complexities. That bring your own device may be a better solution long term. 
And then you've got privacy concerns and all the other stuff with voice devices in room. All right. Number six. In North America, 26% of travel searches in the fourth quarter of 2018 occurred on a mobile device. I say that one again. In North America, yep. 26% of travel searches in the fourth quarter of 2018 occurred on a mobile device. Now, when I read this stat, I was unclear as to what searches meant. I didn't know if that meant like Google keyword queries or if this was actual room searches. So I looked at the study and I inferred that this is talking about room searches, not search engine searches. Gotcha. Either way, I still say only 26%. Seems low. Yeah, that seems low to me as well. And this is from Sojourn. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where the, you know where their data is coming from. I know they're integrated with a lot of the big, like the Synexis and iHoteliers of the world, which you know their booking engines are fine, but they're not the greatest mobile experience on either either side. So that could be something to do with it. Um, Maybe. I don't know. That, that's different than our data. Like yeah, it's very different from our know, data. Because, I mean, we're seeing over 50% of searches in most cases are coming are from mobile. mobile phone. So, yeah. Also interesting. We're twice as good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> All right, number seven. And seven, this is the seven, last seven, one seven. in the pre-trip uh, planning part here. So 84% of consumers said they book travel travel through bundling sites like Expedia or Kayak versus going directly to an airline and or hotel. What percentage? 84%. I actually believe, I actually think that's probably, I feel like more people do that out of convenience. Now, again, it says book travel, so that could be yeah. airline as well. I mean, I yeah. think it depends or, on the trip, right? Right. You know, if I was going to the Bahamas and wanted to book everything Oh, maybe together. I read that wrong. I was thinking, like, they book bundles because I feel like out of convenience that they yeah. would do that. Yeah, I think most bundles would be booked through a site like that, for right. sure. But, but, in, but I think if you're taking into account individual hotels or individual flights... Yeah, that I would I say know. not that that would be way too high. Especially flights, right? Because the majority of people now go to Google and end up booking on the airline. Right. So, yeah, I wonder if it's they're, they're specifically talking more about packages. Yeah, all it says is travel. So, I'm not sure. Who was that from? That was through Humley. Who's that? I don't even know who don't that is. Don't know. Okay. But see, I'm not the only one that's unprepared for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Melissa added to I am the now list. on She's everybody's on mailing list because I had to download all of these things. I had to give up an email address to get every one of these studies. So soon I will find out who Humbly is, I'm sure. Okay. And if not, then they're doing a terrible job of marketing. Yes. All right. So next we're moving on to on-site experience stats. And we're on my favorite number, eight. Eight's eight, my eight, eight, favorite eight. number, too. What? It is. It's my lucky number. Are you serious? That's three, <coughs> th three quarters of this panel. Really? Is their favorite eight number. Eight is my number. Mm -hmm. Pete's the outsider. So that, I don't have a favorite number, but uh, That's weird. that is the mind-blowing stat of this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I wonder if three quarters of all people have eight as their lucky number. My wife's lucky number is eight for completely yeah. independent reasons than mine. Mm -hmm. Huh. Wow. There you go. All, all the lucky stats. <coughs> all right. Cosmopolitan Las Vegas found that hotel guests who text in its chat box 
whose name is Rose, spend up to 30% more than those who don't. Yeah, I've, I've seen similar stats that show the more you But do you, you think that's causation or correlation? I think that is the Cosmopolitan's ability to better have the guests spend money within their own ecosystem. Because I don't know that they're spending 30% more. I think they're spending 30% more with the Cosmopolitan. So they would spend that money right. elsewhere. But that's all that really matters, that, right? right? That's to, what matters. To the Cosmopolitan. So, so if, if the guest is already spending the money, putting the systems in place that help them spend that money right. through you is it's found money. If they're going to spend it anyway, make it easy for them to yeah. give you the money. Well, and that even, even if it's not money they intended to spend, there are certainly parts of the equation where you can say – encouraging the guests to spend more money with me is win-win because yeah. they have a better experience by doing it, right? So, for example, if I was to push out a message, they, they didn't know what they were going to do for dinner yet. and they, they might just stay in and make a sandwich in the hotel room or they might go out on the strip, whatever it is. But then they get a message from the hotel that says, hey, we're going to have special offers tonight and because you're a valued guest you're going to get one entree free with the purchase of another entree right that solved a problem saved their money but they're spending more money with you yep so it's it's really a win-win situation and i think the same could be done with you know any any additional stuff it's spas golf rounds whatever it is that the or tickets to shows that you're selling through the hotel room upgrades there's a lot of ways you can generate incremental revenue but increase the guest experience at the same time, which is great because then they leave better reviews and then you can charge a better ADR as well. So it's really win, 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 win. Yep. All right. Yeah, I like that. And to answer your question, Melissa, I think it's probably some correlation, but I, I do think it's more causation because cause there's a lot of studies out there that show specifically that when you engage with a guest, they're more likely to spend more money. Which makes you. sense. And you're prompting them and where to spend money yeah you know and that kind of goes into the number nine spoiler alert 90 percent nine zero ninety percent of travelers worldwide say they expect a personalized experience when they book their travel they want to be treated like a person imagine that when they arrive yeah. at your property it's such a net like a nebulous broad question right because what what personalized experience means to me is different than it means to each of you guys yes i agree with you, you on know, that because i don't expect when i come back to the website it necessarily to be all about me i think that's great if it is but i do expect when i walk into the property for people to greet me by name and you know treat me like a human being imagine that yeah is that a personalized experience if they treat you well I mean, if they I think they're, they're interacting with you. I mean, we always talk about a hotelier's job is to, you know, be welcoming and be a host for that guest. Right. Just like if someone walks into your house, you want to, to greet them right. face yeah. to face, I mean, eye to eye. Hello, person. Hosp yeah. Hospitable experience. But to me, that my I don't wouldn't think of that as a personalized experience. Because you're a high maintenance millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that, that's my point, right? It, what does personalized, personalized mean? Yeah. It, it means different things to different people. What, what would you expect? Personalized I don't know. When I think of personal, personalized, I think of, okay, well, they know, they're, they know I'm coming because it's my anniversary. They know 
our names. They know we want to go scuba diving. Well, you know, like that sort of thing. So when I think of personalized, I guess I think of more like they know exactly what we're looking for and they mm-hmm. kind of pre- take some initiative to pre-set up or plan or whatever. Yeah. The- yeah, that makes sense. I mean, to me, that's a, like an extreme example of personalization, which I don't expect. Would I like it? For sure. But I wouldn't be grumpy if yeah. it didn't happen. I wouldn't be grumpy, but like I think like those places that go, like if you say, yeah, we're traveling for our anniversary, but and you show up and they're like, here's a glass of champagne while right. you wait. Like that maybe is a more. Yeah, yeah. that Yeah, that's a good example. So 90% expect personalized. That's what it says. Maybe they were all millennials. <laughs> <laughs> that what they did a study on. They, yeah. Their sense of entitlement is unbelievable i don't want to get lumped in with millennials because i don't feel i have that sense of entitlement (laughs) i have to agree i mean having conversations recently i have to agree with you on that okay thank you she's not an entitled millennial okay she's on the cusp though she's on the older side of millennials i think there yeah i'm like i'm like a old millennial you're like bridging the gap (laughs) between millennials and gen x's yeah there you go i'll take that that's fine all right. All right. Number 10. Ten, 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 ten. Experience is the name of the game in travel today. In fact, 67% of high-income travelers said they would rather spend their money on activities than on a nicer hotel room. That, that is something we all need to pay attention to because offering the hotel is one thing, but this kind of goes back to the other stats that we had. You need to make sure that you're providing for your guests everything that they're looking for if you can. So if, if they're looking for an amazing experience, they're going to be spending that money. What can you do to help them with that process? Mm-hmm. Because there's a point of diminishing returns when you have a nice hotel room and then a little bit nicer one or you know a really nice hotel room and then just that much nicer. If it's a place to sleep and people, especially millennials, are heading in the direction where they want the they experience, experience, they want the the photo, they want the memory much more than the perfect hotel room. I'll agree with that. <coughs> and that's not just millennials. I mean, we're, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, Tim Peter puts it really well on his podcast. He, he talks about millennial is not, it's not an age, it's a mindset. So basically it's an attitude. And, and you can have that attitude at any age. It just tends to be younger people. Because you seem very entitled, so I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're on the list now. <laughs> you are on right. notice. You are on notice with Google and Adobe and Melissa. All these other Melissa things. Melissa and yeah. everything else. Is uh, there anything not on the list by the end of the show? I don't Who think knows? so. We still have four more to go. Yeah. Brittany, you better be careful. <laughs> All right, number 11. Almost two-thirds of guests... 62% to be exact, with complaints, said unfriendly staff are the most frustrating part of their stay. Yeah, this this that's, is the, like the most obvious of all these. Mm-hmm. So not What was the number? 62%. See, that, it, to me, it should be 100% of people. <laughs> well, if their staff was not unfriendly, you wouldn't say that. Probably, but like of any stay, like what could mm-hmm. possibly be the worst? I guess bed bugs yeah. would be worse, but... No, that's you can see that in reviews. Just go read reviews, and ninety percent of bad reviews reference poor staff interaction. And I made g- that stat up, by the way, but it, I think it's true. <laughs> One thing everybody else made up stats. Is, yeah. it's okay. You know, when you're looking at your reviews, which obviously everyone should be doing, 
a lot of them are going to have a cost associated with them. One common one that we always see is elevators. The elevators were slow. They're overcrowded. I had to wait, whatever it might be. But here's one that you don't necessarily have to throw money at the problem to solve it. Mm -hmm. You have to throw time and you have to spend time educating your staff on, you know, they are the hotelier. You may be the owner of the property, the manager, but the hotelier is the one that's talking to your guest. That's a housekeeper. That's security. That's whomever else it might be. Yeah, well said. All right. Number 12. Nearly one-third of consumers, that's 32%, said they prefer communicating with a hotel by walking up to the concierge, front desk, or other staff member directly. As for how different generations prefer to make requests, nearly nearly one in every seven millennials said they wanted to text message with hotels. Almost one in five of 35 to 54-year-olds won an email survey from the hotel before, before they arrive, they before weird. they stay. And roughly two-thirds of those 55 and older prefer to call hotels directly. How about that? Yeah. It's, sounds about right. Yeah. Nothing mind-blowing. <laughs> my, my mind is still in, intact with that. All right. Yeah, it's funny when you say, okay, one in seven, it's like, what, 15, 14, 15, 50, yeah. yeah. 15% of people. That's a really low percentage of people. So that doesn't mean you need to drop your whatever strategy you're focused on now to implement a text messaging strategy for that 15% of millennials that, you know, fish where the fish are and focus your energies. That means 85% don't want it. So let's right. figure out a way to make 85% of people happy instead of 15% of people. All right. All right. Number 13 is in here just because it was part of the thing. It doesn't necessarily pertain to hotels, but we're going to read it anyway. 77% of airports and 71% of airlines said they are planning major programs or R&D in biometric ID management over the next five years. That's cool. Neat. Yeah, there, there's a lot that are doing like facial recognition now to, and you, as you get on planes, especially internationally. So. That would be cool. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, one day you can check into your room with, like, your phone, just, like, looking at your phone. That would be cool. Wait, hey, that today is a reality. That you can just, no, I mean, just literally looking at your phone. You don't have to look at your phone, you just look at your door. Yeah. You look at really? the hotel room. You, you know what, you can actually do it with your eyes <laughs> No, not closed. right now, but you should just be able to look at the hotel room door and. Yeah, you wouldn't need a phone, that's yeah. right. The, oh, the door would, would magically just open as you walk close. Be like be um, cool. Star Trek doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just say whoosh, whoosh. I always wondered how Star Trek bathrooms work. Really? That'd be embarrassing. How much did you wonder? Just right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you're walking by and all the stall doors open. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're moving into sort of the post-stay part of this journey now. We're on number 14. 14, 14. As competition heats up in the travel industry, hotels are increasingly focusing their strategies on building loyalty. In fact, the loyalty efforts of the top five hospitality enterprises grew from 30% to 47% last year. Say that last part again. Uh, loyalty. Say the whole thing again. <laughs> Say the, the last two-thirds of it again. Uh, the loyalty efforts of the top five hospitality enterprises grew from 30% to 47% last year. I don't understand. Uh, mm, loyalty efforts. I don't know how you measure right. loyalty efforts. 47% of what? I, mm, again, yeah, that's why I'm I, confused. I, I, I didn't write the stat. Okay, so 
what we can infer from this is they're putting more energy, effort, money into bringing into people back. Loyalty programs. But are they talking about the the result of loyalty? Or are they talking about like the fact, like Marriott, for example, rebranded Bomboy and right. you know did this big marketing push for that? So that's obviously an increase in funding this year versus the previous year. The the problem I think with with loyalty it's it, it gets conflated with rewards and yes. you know we we know that people want instant gratification in fact in our study we asked the question uh would you prefer five percent off in in a loyalty program would you prefer five percent off your current stay or ten percent off your next stay and two-thirds of people would prefer the smaller off the current stay which makes instant, a whole lot of instant sense. gratification yeah. right versus deferred uh and when we were looking at what they wanted in a loyalty program, it was things like free breakfast, faster Wi-Fi, like mm-hmm. stuff that they get right now. Tangible. Tangible, Use- useful, instant. Yeah. Yep. Which makes sense. Yeah. So it is really more people are looking for rewards and differentiators. And I, I think even if you're an independent hotel and you know not part of a chain, looking at creating some kind of incentive program for people to book with you versus your competition or to book with you versus the OTAs at your property. I think that it's a no that's where rewards point. can be really yeah. impactful. You know, cause if, if someone's got a choice and we know from our study, we mentioned this stat, I think last week on the show, 86 point something percent, like 86.7% of people will visit the hotel website before they book, even if they're gonna book a, Right you know, on an OTA, or whatever. They, this eighty-six percent of people are visiting the hotel website. So why did they choose not to book? Is it because you didn't have a great mobile experience? Is it because you didn't offer the right incentives? Maybe Expedia has the loyalty program they like, and you didn't. But you can you can tip the balance in your favor by offering. Hey, if something. you book direct, you get free water or faster Wi-Fi or free parking or something you don't get if you book somewhere else. Right. You can still book somewhere else, but there's there's a cost in doing that. That's That to me is what these loyalty reward programs should be. All right. Last stat, but not least. Is anyone's mind blown yet? <coughs> Brittany, mine's still intact? Yeah, it's still good. All right, good. I'm holding on for 15. All right, let's go. <laughs> well, this one is definitely not going to blow your mind. More than half of travel apps are deleted after a month. Yeah. I, it I, totally makes sense to me. Yeah, it depends on the app and the usage yeah. and yeah I mean, we, we definitely see though you know we, we have a mobile app for independent hotels and we, we can't tell there's no we don't get data from Apple or uh, Google uh, yeah Apple or Android saying this app was deleted but we can see when people come and interact with the app and there are definitely gaps right but that makes sense because the you're travel only on cycle when right. you're on vacation yeah. yeah or the research phase or yeah. whatever it is it's yeah. you go on one summer vacation a year there's a good six months of the year that you, you at least nine months maybe where you don't care about that right and people need to save space and that's, they that's, have pictures that need to be taken and but maybe, the, yeah but it, the thing is now with phones it's so easy to re-download an app you don't even re- have to re-authenticate mm-hmm. right you just go and click the cloud icon in the app store and it back there within a couple of seconds so i wouldn't get hung up on that i think it's probably the inaccurate stat i just i don't think it matters that much there you have it 15 not mind maybe that's what we title this 15 not mind-blowing stats 
50 meh stats. Meh. Meh. <laughs> yeah, meh. you can go on my meh blog. There you go. No, they were good, though. I, th- I think there's, you know, we like data here. We're data nerds, for sure. And I, I think it's always good to see, you know, keep in mind there's often an agenda when someone puts out a stat. But I think keeping up to date with trends so even if you don't think okay well 68 percent or 80 percent doesn't seem completely right you can see trends from this you can see things like you know younger people want to text and don't want to interact with people in in person and voices getting adopted more and loyalty programs are being invested in there are trends here that you can take from this even if the actual quantity of the the values don't necessarily help your day-to-day that was a good one i liked it and you know who probably who else probably liked this episode who's that our listeners because we've been getting lots of emails and we have been reviews and stuff it's really good warms the cockles of my heart it does two in the last week we did we got two this week so you want to read them out yeah so the first one is greetings from sophia bulgaria i'm a fan of your podcast and thank you for being so up to date and competent it's a pleasure to listen to you on the way to work and I've never been called competent in my life. I, I know. It's, it's language. So, you know, it's got to be some kind yeah. of disconnect. So, yeah, because of the Bulgarian. <laughs> but, uh, you know and, and then they add, they went on to ask, uh, you know, if we offer support for Bulgarian customers. Mm-hmm. And I don't th- know if a lot of people know that, but we are actually in Sofia, Bulgaria. We're not. Well, no, we're not in Sofia, Bulgaria. But at some of our team is. Yes. Yeah. So we, we have a... De- <coughs> We had a developer many years ago that worked for us in the headquarters in Myrtle Beach, and he went to college here in Myrtle Beach and graduated with a computer science degree, and he ended up going back home to Bulgaria. There's a longer version of that story uh, that I could tell if you ever meet me in person over a beer, but essentially he stayed in Bulgaria and wanted to keep working for us, so we set him up with an office there in Sofia, and now we've got... A, Several, yeah, a bunch of developers out in, in Bulgaria, mm-hmm. and they're awesome. Yeah. We, so we not only do we offer support, you can stop by and visit yeah. and see how Svetlan's doing. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so. so there's number one. Thank so you. who was that from? Yep, and that was from our friend Martina in Bulgaria. Awesome. Awesome. We are multinational. We are. So moving on from there, we have another one, and this is dear Fuligans, dear Stuart, Melissa, Pete, and Phil. <sighs> Burn, Sorry, Brittany. Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is an interesting one. It says, I discovered your podcast about four months ago and have been catching up with all 113 episodes since. The Apple Podcast app, for some reason, plays them based on when your podcast was added. It's very interesting to hear the story backwards. (laughs) Having the bees be resurrected, (laughs) figuring out why buttons slash goats have been burned was really a lot of fun. (laughs) I love the great content and appreciate the entertainment. Keep up the amazing work. I'm looking forward to your next shows. You really helped me our marketing and to better understand our customers and who is that from that is from our friend alicia alicia thank you that is awesome (laughs) that made me laugh so much when i read that email so to answer your question if you're listening on itunes which it sounds like you are since you said apple Apple podcast you're going to want to go into your iphone go settings podcasts i need to do this because i it burns my buttons i'm learning something new too because i always have to it's not just hotel marketing that you learn here it's it's (laughs) it's life it's it's it support i'm in settings (laughs) okay so settings all right you're gonna choose podcast all right from there you're gonna go to your station settings and in the upper right hand corner there's a little three dots you choose that for settings (coughs) and then you can change the episodes to play in sequential order you probably have it set to play most recent first. 
Did you just read that, or are, is that from your head? Well, it went through my head. I was reading it. Because <laughs> right, so I was about to be super. Yeah. My mind was about to be blown. That, that was the thing that blew your mind. Yeah. So, all right. So we're, I'm on the podcast settings. I, I can sit down and show you. All right. <laughs> I wanted to verify that that was possible. Okay. But yeah, yes, so there, there's a setting. Well, no, she's probably already listened to the other 113. Yeah, she's like, you could have told late. me that. <laughs> She should have started now instead of four she's months ago. She's never going to hear this. Yeah, because she's going to have to wait till it comes back around. Oh, man. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Maybe the only person that's listened to every single episode. And and she's probably like, wow, it gets way worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was really cool that the bees were resurrected. Yeah, I like that. And, and, and that buttons were burned and goats of... Yeah, because yeah, we picked up a lot of little memes along the way, right? These yeah. little sayings through references throwbacks to previous episodes so i think that was my favorite piece of feedback we've ever got yeah it was mine too it's really thanks, good thanks alicia so, yeah thank yeah. you so guys be, do be sure to send us emails we we like them and we read them out on the show and we also love reviews so if you want to go to itunes or apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the show and leave a review we would really 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 appreciate it so we also last piece of business today we're coming up on high tech guys that's going to be uh, June 18th through the 20th in Minneapolis. I think and it's 17th through the 20th. Well, so the show, the expo, I think the conference starts on the 17th, the kickoff oh, show. Gotcha. But the expo itself is the 18th, the 18th. 19th, and 20th. So we're going to be there at booth 2920 showing off all our cool wares, our booking engine, our email CRM, AI-powered e- email CRM, and our mobile app. And we're also going to be giving out an amazing study that we referenced today. And Brittany has been working really hard on this. Yes, she has. So we really appreciate that, and hopefully you will appreciate it too. This is going to be exclusively available uh, early release at High Tech, and then we'll probably in early July release it to everyone that can't make High Tech on our website, so you'll be able to download it, and then we'll do an episode that goes through that in depth. That might be a couple of episodes, honestly, because it's jam-packed with so much cool data and information. So... Yeah, so come see us at High Tech if, if you're uh, in Min- Minneapolis in uh, the 17th through the 20th. We'd love to see you. Stop by, say hey. We're going to be doing live interviews there on the show floor in conjunction with This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing with Lauren Gray. So not only are we going to be live streaming those out, but we're also going to edit down some of our favorite interviews and snippets to make a future podcast episode as well. So if you enjoy listening to the show and you want to be a part of it, then that is a good opportunity to do so. So, I'm excited to hear what comes out of that. I yeah, too. me too. Yeah, it's the first time we've really done this, so we, we really don't know what to expect. But we're going to be talking to vendors and hoteliers and you know finding out all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, it'll be good content. I'm excited. So that that's the episode today, ladies and gentlemen. 114 is in the bag. Thank you, Melissa, for putting the notes together today. I worked really hard at copying and pasting on this one. (laughs) And downloading and giving away your email address. Yes. Uh, You're officially off my list. Okay. Google Adobe and Pete is still on there. (laughs) Speaking of Pete, where can they find you on the web? They can find me on Twitter at PDMAO, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Melissa, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at M-A Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Brittany, where can they find you? Um, they don't just need to. around. Yeah. Busily you know. <laughs> be- be- beavering away on a travel study. <laughs> what? Beavering away on the travel study. Yeah. Getting that wrapped up That's so we right. can print it next beavering week. Beavering away. Yeah. <laughs> never. You never heard that? <laughs> no. 
the busiest beaver award which was misspelled in the office maybe a busy beaver not busy beaver what a- am i the only one that's heard of busy busy beavering away nope i've never heard of it dude it's a thing go google it seriously oh wait speaking of words that nobody's ever heard of before agita was on jeopardy it was on jeopardy was was that the one that the guy that just lost missed and that's what no lost it was it, it's it was like sometime word? last week my really? dad told me after i told him about the whole agita thing he Ajita. said it was actually a clue on jeopardy that, that's one of it's our lowest word that's one of our lowest downloaded episodes <laughs> well now no everybody needs to, to go back and listen to it <laughs> Alicia, please chime in here and tell people how awesome the Ajita episode was. Oh, that's funny. Well, you can get the notes to today's show at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 114. You can get us collectively on Twitter at Fuel Travel or send us a good old-fashioned email, info at fueltravel.com. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs>you get because it's like do you have a snack do you have lunch because then there's dinner right around the corner it's lumber